0: Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome. It is good to be here today. This is episode 28. Is that right? Yeah, episode 28. It's Soul. We're calling it that one. And if if you were going to say it, you have to say it this way. Soul. We're talking like an old jazz man. That brother's got soul. If you're following along with the series, you know that we're dealing with this ancient Hebrew command. The one that Jesus quoted when he was asked, what's the greatest of all the commands? It's called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love God with your heart, your soul, your strength, Jesus added, and your mind. In the original Shema, mind wasn't there because people didn't think about thinking yet. That didn't come along until much later. The point is Jesus is saying, go all in with your love for God. Go all in and let it overflow to love your neighbor as yourself. We're talking about alignment. And I'd argue that no matter what, if you align, if you align your heart, soul, strength, and mind in one direction, you are going to get further than if you're misaligned. And so today we're going to talk about what is the soul as the ancient Hebrews understood it. Now if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, words change meaning over time. I was talking to a friend of mine recently. He serves on the social media team for my denomination's youth gathering. The entire tribe that I'm in, every three years, they get together all the youth. It's like a four, five, six day event. They gather in one city. Kids from all over spend a year or two raising money, and then they show up for this event where there's speakers, there's service projects, there's bands that play. It's incredible. What my friend does is serves on the social media team. They try to make sure that the social media that's going out, that they're asking questions and engaging kids in different ways. They also have people on there that can field questions from kids, from adult sponsors. One of the things that illustrates how much words change meaning over time is they had to put together a little lexicon, a dictionary. For people like me to understand some of the things the kids were texting. I'll give you an example. This may be the most used emoji right now that one generation understands and the other generation doesn't. Why? Because words change meaning over time. Symbols change meaning over time. There is a blue baseball cap emoji. If somebody types a blue baseball cap emoji, the creators of the emoji did not intend it to be used this way. They just were putting together items of clothes. There's a shirt, there's a dress, and there happens to be a blue baseball cap. But when somebody types that emoji, what they're saying is cap. Cap means, I'm calling you out. Baloney. That's not true. The way that's communicated is cap. Now, you can also say, just in case you want to understand this, you can also use little busters, the red circle with the line through it. Like, for my generation, it was the Ghostbusters logo, that don't logo. If you put that over the blue cap, that means no cap. And it's when a person's telling a tale. They're telling a story that sounds like it could be a tall tale. And at the end of it, they're going, no lie. When I wanted to communicate that, my generation said, I ain't going to lie. And then they'd tell the story. See, words change meaning over time. This isn't unique to Tov. Tov is that Hebrew word. It's translated good, but it means multiplication. It means the essence of something multiplying. It's illustrated in the fact that in every apple, there is an orchard. So whether it's cap or tov or soul, words change meaning over time. A couple episodes ago, we talked about heart. And when the Shema says heart, it's talking about the will, the choices we make. What do you want? That's the question of the heart. Soul, back then... And when I do this, I, I use the heart emoji. I also use a little picture of a shoe. Why? Because the soul is the bottom of the shoe. I like the play on words. But the soul, in the ancient world, it was located more in your guts when we take just those first two heart and soul. We start to understand the Align concept. We start to understand what it means to go all in. Heart and Soul. Do you know that song? It's an old song. Turns out it was written in 1938 by a guy named Hoagy Carmichael. Is that not a great name? Hoagy Carmichael, H-O-A-G-Y, and Frank Lester. They were saying, the way I love you... I love you heart and soul. I am going all in with my love. Big? It was a movie with Tom Hanks. This is a plot of so many movies. It starts with a kid, and they make a wish. They wish that they could be big. Then the next morning, the child wakes up in Tom Hanks's body, a full-grown adult, and then hilarity ensues. One of the most famous scenes, it's iconic, is Tom Hanks. He's playing the little boy, but it's Tom Hanks, the full grown adult. He's in the toy store with his boss. They're walking across the floor and they step on a piano. It's a floor piano that you play by moving your feet. And they end up dancing to that old iconic song. Oh, it's so good. I think it was probably six or seven years after that movie came out. Trish and I were living in Chicago, going to school in Chicago. If you'd go downtown and sit in FAO Schwartz for maybe 20 minutes, somebody would end up dancing out heart and soul on that toy piano on the floor. It just happened that way. So I don't know what it is about that song, but it has some serious, serious staying power. From 1938 to now, it's coming up on a hundred years. Kids are still playing it on the piano. Part of it is probably it's just an easy song to play. Part of it is we know deep down the Shema is true we know we need to go all in we know that it's better that we'll get farther when we align our heart and our soul and our strength and our mind so in the ancient world we talked about this two episodes ago heart meant the will nowadays when we say heart we mean emotion back then it meant will I want to give a little nuance here. Not every time heart shows up in the Old Testament does it mean will. Context matters. Sometimes a blue cap is just a blue cap. If I'm wearing it to a Dodgers game, it doesn't comment on whether I'm telling the truth or lying. Sometimes cap emoji or even the word makes a different comment. I don't want to mislead anybody. Sometimes heart means different things. For now, we're just talking about in the Shema, in that greatest commandment. What does it mean to love with your whole heart? That's talking about your will. Back then, emotions didn't live in the heart. They lived in your guts or they lived in your soul. We still get some of this today, don't we? When Trisha walks into a room still after 26 years of marriage there are days i see her and my heart skips a beat that's one way to say i love her i love being in her presence i can also say that sometimes she still gives me butterflies in my stomach that's another way to say i have strong emotions for this woman There's a distinction in the greatest commandment in the Shema because it's talking about alignment. Heart means will. Soul means emotions. Now, when I use emojis to do this, I use the heart emoji to talk about will. And I use a shoe emoji to talk about soul. Why? Because I can't avoid puns. Get it? The soul, the bottom of your foot. Okay, it's funny to me. Now, why words change meaning over time, I think we also have to realize that that's not insignificant. I really think something happened when we started talking about our emotions living primarily in the heart rather than living deep down in our guts. At least as I've watched society, it seems as our emotions moved higher up in our body, we feel them less deeply. Let me put this another way. Our emotions can very easily not be harnessed to our will. Our emotions can turn on a dime. I can be feeling one thing in the morning and feeling another thing in the afternoon. We gotta get the metaphor right because metaphors matter soul. It's this deeper emotion. There's surface emotions, and there's deeper emotions. There's the thing, and there's the thing behind the thing. I use the example of road rage. People getting cut off in traffic and just losing their minds, getting overly emotional, filled with rage. The more I think about why that happens, I think it's because we often haven't dealt with the deep emotions. Psychologists will tell you anger is a surface emotion. It's a secondary emotion. Whenever somebody is angry, there's an emotion under that emotion. Sometimes when I get angry, the emotion under the emotion is fear. I'm afraid and I'm trying to puff myself up so that nobody can hurt me. Other times, that anger is because I've already been hurt. And I'm trying to protect myself. Sometimes anger is masking the sadness. When people go through the stages of grief, they're often angry before they can feel sad. Sometimes I wonder if we need to go ahead and get in touch with those deeper emotions. Here's the deal. Emotions are meant to be felt. We're supposed to feel our emotions. We also are supposed to control and harness our emotions. Another way to put this, let me give you an example. Emotions, they do a really good job of being dashboard lights. If you've ever been driving along and the dashboard light comes on, it warns you about something. It can tell you the engine's getting too hot or you're low on oil. Emotions serve really, really well when they're dashboard lights. Harnessed emotions, when we align our emotions to our will, to the choices we make, oh, they are amazing, amazing, amazing fuel. You want justice, you want equality, and then you see equality not happening. Man, that can just, well... We use that soul term, if soul lives in the gut, that just lights a fire in my belly. It serves as fuel. Emotions are amazing to feel. They're great fuel, but emotions are not the best behind the wheel. Emotions have all kinds of good things, but don't let them drive. Hit pause for a second. Can you look back and think of a time when the emotions were in the driver's seat and it turned out well? I can't, at least not in my life. There are times when emotions played a huge role. They were fuel, but they weren't in the driver's seat. That's part of what it means to get aligned. Do you know what you're feeling? And is it time to harness those emotions, to use them as the fuel that they were intended to be? Remember the analogy from two episodes ago of the dog sled race, the Iditarod. Something happens when we harness our emotions to our will. If you can get any team to have a will and harness their emotions to it, you are going to go farther. The question is, what are you going toward? And since we're talking about emotions, I want to talk and close out this episode with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. A huge mistake we've made. When emotions moved from the soul to the heart, when things became more surface, we started thinking that love was an emotion Love is not an emotion. Love, love is a verb. It's something we put into action. First Corinthians 13, it's the famous love verse. It's read at so many weddings. It just shows up over and over and over. It's on tchotchkes that people have painted onto shiplap and hang on their walls. It's so important, but it's so overused. Here's what it says. Love is patient. That word patient can also be translated long-suffering. That's not an emotion. That's not a flutter in my tummy. That's a choice that when I say I love you, I'm saying I'm in it for the long haul. Love is patient. Love is kind. See, kindness is a choice. Kindness is an act of the will. And when we take whatever emotion we're feeling and we harness it to our will and choose to love, choose to be kind, it's a game changer. You can read all of those things on your own. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. This list goes on and on. Because we align our love. We align toward love. We let love of God be our true north, and we let that love overflow to others. Why is it so important that that's our true north, that that's what we align to, that that's what we live our tove for? Well, because if we try to do this by our own might our own power we're gonna get tired we're gonna wear out our emotions will flip and change but what we know when we love god is that we love because god first loved us we love in response to love we love because love has been modeled to us. We're patient because somehow, somewhere, somebody was patient for us and we know that that is the best thing ever to receive and it overflows from us. Aha! it is all about the overflow. And so if your will right now and your soul aren't aligned, I'd encourage you to just stop for a second and remember how loved you are. You are loved perfectly, passionately, and personally. That is just who God is. A friend of mine tells the story that when he was a kid, he went to a conference and that's all the speaker said the speaker got on the stage and said, God loves you. Deal with it. And then there was silence. Two, three minutes of silence. Shortly thereafter, when the crowd started getting stirry, the speaker just repeated it. God loves you. Deal with it. Oh, I hope that you know how loved you are by the divine creator of the world. And I hope that you're dealing with it. How we deal with it is we step into it more and more each day. We let it flow in us and through us. See, we find our Tove in response to love. We find our Tove even in the midst of Ra creeping in and tricking us to think that we don't matter, that we don't have a purpose. And I want so badly to tie this episode up in a nice little bow. But we are, man, we're only through the first two things, heart and soul. We still need to talk about strength and mind. We've already looked down and looked back, but we still need to look up and look onward. So this Align series will continue for today. I encourage you to get in touch with your soul. What are you feeling deep, deep down? And how do you align whatever you're feeling to your will? Let it be the fuel, or at least part of the fuel, that gets you to where you're going. Grace and peace.